When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Men's, and I'm a little nervous, but <laughs> we're going to talk to the great man, David Wildy. Wilds, welcome to your show, Sports ASA. <laughs> G'day, Paul. G'day, Dan. Yeah, no, going well. Thank you. Having a probably my first summer off in 30 years, so I don't know what to do with myself. So I'm playing a bit of golf and getting out and about, probably eating too much, drinking too much like we do, but all was pretty good. Now, Wilds, playing a bit of golf, Blighty said the same thing last night. Are you used to steering clear of each other or are you playing golf together and just spending the whole year together? Uh, no, we've, we've played a couple of games together. I actually caught up with Malcolm last week, went round there and had a couple of uh, glasses of red and uh, with his and Patsy's company. But, yeah, we played a few games together over the, the years. He, he loves it. I mean, he was... I think at one stage down to an eight handicap, but he's getting older now and sort of blowing out a bit. But um, he's very competitive. You can see what makes him tick. And uh, no, we really enjoy it. And you mentioned he's competitive. We had him on last night and he did say that in his last SNFL game, you stood on him and (laughs) he said he kicked six on you. Now, I want to give you the floor to give you the right to reply. Uh, Is there a bit of mayonnaise on that? And how? what's your recollection of that game? Well, I actually lost a bet, but I thought he kicked four, but he brought in the clipping the next day. And, of course and, he did. Uh, he, said he, kicked, he said he kicked six goals, eight. He kicked six goals, one. And, um, yeah, but he made me feel a bit better. He said he got 12 on the bloke that played for Nord the week before. So what I should have done, though, Dan, you think about it, if I, you know, they used to swap jumpers in the old days last round of that. If I'd grabbed his jumper... What would that be worth today, the great Malcolm Blight playing for Woodville? The Peckers, his last ever game at the Prospect Oval. Yeah, it would have been worth uh, just a small fortune, I reckon, <laughs> David. Hey, oh, look, I think you, so. <laughs> you, you've been working with Malcolm for a few years now. What's the best thing about working with Blighty? Uh, you never know what you're going to get next. I think um, he he's out of left field. He, he's a deep thinker. He thinks about things that no one else except... Uh, Malcolm Blight could think of, and that's what made him, a, I think, a super coach. He's, we, we never plan anything. We've never gone and say, you say this, I'll do that. Um, we just sort of bounce off each other, and it's very easy with Blighty because, as I said, he thinks outside the square, and he doesn't always take the, the popular view, or the, he's often the alternative, but he makes a great case. And he, he, and having said that, he's very, very meticulous. Like, he comes... You would have seen him too, Bonds. He comes in with... Um, pages and pages of stuff for an hour show and we don't get through any any of it but uh, he's probably been studying for two or three hours so we sort of was different in that way too I sort of wing it a little bit and he does his homework but it seems to work quite well now Wilds I want to delve into we've spoken enough about Malcolm I want to delve into you a little bit more here (laughs) he played 168 games with North Adelaide just tell us a little bit about your footy career um I was mainly a cricketer early I, I didn't play footy from 15 to 18, I badly broke a leg, a bit like what Matty Robbin and, and Nathan Brown and a few of those yes. bad ones, and they, they said don't play. But I, I ended up playing under a year at under-19s at North Adelaide uh, as a full forward, and I, I ended up kicking 100 goals there in the 
Um, a bit of Blighty in that, isn't there? Yeah, Pick there. seven <laughs> in the grand final, get 100. But um, Blighty's rubbing off of me. And then I was playing um, A-grade district cricket, which is my main passion. And then Mike Noonan, who I'm actually playing golf with tomorrow, he said to me, look, if you, you give away cricket, this was when I was you know, 21, 22, I'll, I'll back you. And um, I, he made me feel about 10 foot tall. And it's exactly what happened. I gave away cricket at Christmas time, um, went on the players' trip up the Gold Coast and uh, played the next eight or nine years under, under Mike Noonan. And we had very successful times in the finals most of those years and he sort of Noonan came off the old Jack Odie style where you you know it was handball from the back line fast football where the Jarman boys and Darren Darren and Andrew um Mick Red and Daryl Hart we had a, had a very good side so and we so did Glenelg and we sort of they were our arch enemy for three years through the through the 80s and and then I in the space of 10 games I broke my shoulder uh wrist and arm all different breaks and um I ended up having a bit of a, not a fight with Noonan. We didn't speak, but he wouldn't talk to me. I wanted to talk to him. And KG offered me a, a role in the media. And um, it worked out really well. At the time, I thought, perhaps no. But the year I did stop, North that was the year that North Adelaide kicked one goal in the in the final against Port Adelaide. I think 14 goals to one. That was my first year of commentary. So looking back, I think I've made the right move. That seems unbelievable. So you and Mick Noonan just didn't basically talk for the last part of your career. Which, which, my next question uh, was, no, how only, did you get into radio? The, <laughs> only the very, only the very last few games. Um, okay. We had a, and it wasn't even a, wasn't a fight. I'd, I'd heard he'd said something about me probably, and the club tried to get us to meet together. And I, and I tried to go to Glenelg and Norwood, and back in those days, and I was broken down the body wise, but they wanted $50,000, which is a lot of money back then. Steve Riley and myself tried to go to, to Norwood, and I said, nah. And John Reed tried to get me to South Adelaide. And when KG made the call to come and do commentary, which is what I always wanted to do, and, and I just started off around the grounds back in those days. We had someone at each ground, you know, go to Prospect Oval, he'd speak twice a quarter, four goals, five to three goals, six, that sort of thing. And then, then Hooksy went to Melbourne, and um, first game I ever called football was an 89. Um, was the 89 state game, 80, I think 90,000 people, the MCG, because KG had to come back to Adelaide to do news. And then from then on, it, um, it yeah, snowballed, and I've been doing it ever since. It's really interesting there, Bonds, isn't it? It's not uncommon, uh, I guess, as Will's just said then, that a player and a coach is a bit of a lack of communication and they see things a bit differently. That certainly happens mm. in the AFL. Now, we are on cruise 13-23 in 2023, so just... Tell us, you touched on your journey at the start there, Wilds. I want to know what your journey has been like since and throughout uh, to get yourself into this position and, and basically tell the listeners out there, you're a very experienced campaigner in this industry. <laughs> yeah, well, I've done 34 years of um, <laughs> non-stop, which is, which is, I suppose, incredible, really. Where you, you need to have a few lucky breaks, uh, stay with a very strong station. I was at 5AA for... 28 years before making the move to SEN and, and now we're on cruise and um, yeah I think 1400 games of football plus I've called uh, I've been very lucky we've done state games we've done um, remember one year we did four different calls in four states now you, you might ask how that happened but we had a, um, a Friday night game here in Adelaide the Crows Port a local football we went to Tasmania for a, a game um, South Australia playing Tassie in the Sandfall 
called a local game. Then on the Monday night, we flew from Tasmania to Canberra to Perth to get to to get and do a game on on the Monday night, which was the Crows taking on West Coast Eagles. So, been to Dubai, called a Crows match over there with um, with Five uh, AA sitting there next to Dennis Cometti with uh, Patrick Dangerfield. That was the first year he got picked up, and just a young nineteen year old boy. But I've just been lucky, Dan. It's um, I mean, yeah, the grand finals it doesn't. If you ask me how how it felt, it seems like about ten years. But yeah. it's thirty four years of commentary, and uh, and I love it. That's that is my passion. If I could pick one thing out of sports shows, or it'd definitely be commentating on football. Yeah, that's great to hear. Dubai would have been an incredible experience uh, back then when you did that. Now, let's get on to the footy. Let's get on to some of your predictions for 2023. I want to start on the sample first. Now, am I correct in saying you've done 32 sample grand finals in a row? 34. 34. Get it right. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I've cut you a couple short there. So yeah. <laughs> if that's the case, then you'd be a pretty knowledgeable man about who's going to win it. So I want to know who's going to win the Sanford Grand Final in 2023. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I thought your boys might be uh, might be coming up again, get a few players back there, see Jimmy Rose back. But I think North Adelaide too got a, a great nucleus. They let that game slip. Uh, against the Red Legs, so I think if I pick the if I three teams, I'd still probably look at those Eagles, uh, North Adelaide, and Norwood. And um, the only game I actually get to call, even though I see a few, is the grand final. They sort of I think they do that to keep the record going. But um, they bring I, the big dogs in. I think for North the grand Adelaide should have <laughs> North Adelaide should have won that game when you're up by yep. what 13 points with about seven minutes to go in wet conditions. They they shot themselves in the foot, but I know the Eagles were down a little bit, but I think you'd know better than me. But if you've got a few recruits, you've got a very good coach, you play a great brand of footy, so I'd expect um, you guys to improve a bit too. What about to have, have a focus on the AFL, both Port and the Crows? How do you think uh, mm-hmm. the power will, um, I guess, if they had a, that horrible start last year, how do you think they'll go this, this season? I, I think they'll both improve Adelaide and Port, but it won't be enough to... I've got Port Adelaide anywhere between 6 and 10, and the Crows probably just outside the 8, which will be an improvement. So I think they'll win a couple more games. Um, I don't think either will push for a premiership. The team I'm really keen on is, is Brisbane. The yeah. reason I say that, they, they picked up they picked up Dunkley. Uh, they've got uh, Jack Gunston. They've got two gun... Uh, kids there, they'll get out of the back at Senna's back, and they didn't. They did win a final. I think they beat Melbourne last year. So, you look at it; they'll win nearly every game at Brisbane, which will set them up for the top four. Are currently nine dollars gamble responsibly on uh, <laughs> yep. on any gambling agency. But I really like Brisbane, and and it, it's there. It's do or die for them. They've been around the mark now for four years, and uh, I just feel it might be their time. Just a, that natural improvement. Imagine Gunston. Um, yeah. I think, Dan, you, you'd love to play up uh, up at the Gabba every second week in perfect conditions. And, and Dunkley's a very good midfielder, too, just to help out Lockie Neal and the likes there. So the other team I like, uh, Geelong. I mean, Geelong defy the odds. So you, I wouldn't have thought they could win it last year, and they won it easily. Um, I don't think they'll win it again, but you can never count them out uh, with, with their age. And you'd expect Melbourne, perhaps, and... And as a not a smoky, but I expect Carlton to improve a bit too when you got the two big boys up forward to the 
a gun forwards. But Brisbane for mine, if I, and I think Port and the Crows will be around the mark, but they won't push for the, the grand final. Yeah, I agree there. I think Brisbane, Ashcroft's another one coming in. He could do anything his first year. We saw that with Dacos this year. I think Jack Gunson's going to love leading to the Brisbane players rather than the Hawthorne team he's been in. But the point I want to hit on there, Will, you said Port Adelaide between 6th and 10th. Now, if I'm a Port fan and I hear that, I'm not exactly loving that call. I'm not exactly as bullish as uh, I think everyone else who goes to them would be more optimistic on that. Why do you think that it's potentially that 6-10 to 10 rather than pushing for the top four? Well, you, they've got to make a fair gap, a bridge a fair gap. They pick up Horn Francis, they lose Carl Amon, so that's that's probably going to be a win. But don't expect too much from the, the kid in his second year. Um, they've got a few players getting old. They've lost Robbie Gray, but Boat's not going to be any better than he was. Dixon's not going to be any better than he was. Um, Tom Jonas won't be any better than he was. These guys are all getting 31, 32, 33. Lysette's, I think, 30 years of age. They've got some um, bottom-end talent. I, I really like Todd Marshall. I think he's outstanding. And George Yardis needs to lift. But where are they going to improve? You know, they, they need to improve six or seven goals to even go close to what Geelong produced last year. And I just think there's better sides ahead of Port Adelaide. Um, the kids are going to have to really, really do well. Lockie Jones and these guys have to come on and um, we know Connor Rosie's a star. But I, I reckon they've only got one or two what I'd call genuine A-graders and Rosie's obviously one. Robbie Gray was one, but he, he's not there anymore. Um, so I, you know, and, and what happens if they get injuries? What happens if they if they lose a Rosie or, or Dixon's been known to break down? But I think at their best, they can finish around six. At their worst, it could be, you know, 10, 11, 12. Because I don't think you just naturally improve because they finished off quite well last year. And and a lot of these guys have been up now for five or six years under Ken Hinckley. You know, the, the Boke and Ollie Wines and Boke and these guys, um, Tom Cleary, they've been around for quite a while. So I don't expect it to be like everyone else says, automatic improvement. But, I mean, they're competitive. They always have a go and... I hope I'm wrong, but I think they'll make the eight, but not not well into the eight, if you know what I mean. Chatting with David Wildey, the normal host of Sports ASA, who's on a little bit of a break at the moment. I want to ask you about Isaac Rankin and his impact on the Crows. How do you, big do you think it'll be? I think it'll be big. Um, playing up the Gold Coast the first few years there, I mean, they, they were both, I think, Lacocious and Rankin gifted games because they didn't have anything else. But I think he's going to be in the just at the right time, you know, with Rochelle and if you're surrounded by Walker, they've got uh, Phil Thorpe up forward. So Crow's forward line actually looks very, very smart. He's a clever player as a junior. He was as good as anything going around. He was, you know, just a gun. He was like a, a young Adam Cooney that, you know, kick it to himself, hand by the top, get the ball and kick the goal. So I think he'll be good uh, back in his home state. Uh, as long And um, I think Matthew Nix is a coach that will, will certainly help him and back him. And you think Rochelle, until he got hurt, looked looked really good. I think Phil Thorpe's going to be anything down the track. Give this lad a bit of time. When you're you know six foot seven, six foot eight, it does take time. So, yeah, I think Rankin's certainly a great acquisition. And when when people keep on going about how much he's being paid, that's not his fault. That's what the system pays. You know, they've got a salary cap, and it's not Isaac Rankin's fault that he's on whatever seven eight hundred thousand dollars a year, and he might be around for the next ten years. So I think eventually. I don't know what you think, Dan, but he could probably go through the midfield because he's got all the skills, all the talent. He's a hard man to catch, and he's got be- he's got a beautiful leg. 
Um, and I think he's becoming more team orientated too, which is, I don't think he was early. It's more about himself. So I think it's a pretty good acquisition. Yeah, I agree with you there, Wilds. I think that he's got that Shea Bolton feel to him that can go through the midfield a bit yep. more as he develops and progresses. And you touched on the money. That's always going to be a talking point. But I think as the game evolves, the CBA deals continue just to go through the roof. I think the salary cap's going to continue going up as well. So he's dealing four or five years' time, like Buddy Franklin's deal the last couple of years, might not seem so bad as what it did at the start of the deal. So I think you might have hit the nail on the head there too. Right, before we, yeah, I made I made the call last year that I thought Crows would sort of get to where Port are mid year this year. I made this call about eighteen months ago, but I think from then on you'll find that the Crows might be on an upward trend given the fact they've played all these kids and Port Adelaide have been up for a long while, so they've got some, you know, some kids, but they've also got some old players. So I think you'll find towards the back end of the year there won't be a lot of difference between Port Adelaide uh, and Adelaide. Before we let you go, Wilds, um, we're now on Cruise 1323, obviously. What about music in your life? What bands oh, influence music, you? Though. Yeah, what <laughs> bands influence you? Have you got a favourite, couple of favourites for oh, us? Oh, yeah. I, I, well, I sort of grew up mainly late 70s, early 80s as my... Um, but I've always liked, you know, David Bowie, Elton John, Queen, all those uh, Beatles, all the, all the good groups through there. And I know Cruise play a lot of that. Uh, you know, John Ronaldo from Cruise and, and Johnny Dean and... They do a great job there, but I like uh, even even guys like Billy Joel. I like all the all those sort of guys and girls that have been around for quite a while. But I knock out a tune myself on the piano now and then. We've got a piano oh. at home, which I can't I can't read music, but I can generally get a tune, which is seems a bit odd. But I've never been able to sort of read it, but I can play it by ear. So we get on there now and then. Mainly when the boys had a few too many reds in the night, get in there. Sounds better after get a few drinks. But, but I like yeah, I like all the music and particularly cruise, that's my era where they where they do the seventies, eighties and nineties. Might be a new segment when Wilds is back in here in the studio, he gets the piano out. Yeah. We a little keyboard yeah, in yeah, here. I can, I'll be known to do that. Um just get on the piano and play a few notes. So uh quite happy to do that, boys. Been fantastic uh, chatting with you, and you'll be back on the show with Malcolm Blight just before the start of the AFL season. Uh, have a good rest, Wilds, and we'll speak to you soon. Thanks, guys. Thanks for the chat. Thanks, Wilds.